Welcome to episode 131 of the Movie City Maniacs. On tonight's episode, our Alfred Hitchcock series continues with Family Plot from 1976. Welcome everyone to the Movie City Maniacs. I'm Kyle. I'm Maddie. And I'm Adam. And uh, yes, we're uh, our Hitchcock series volume two, our second round of Comes Hitchcock. to a conclusion with Hitchcock's conclusion. Yep. Yeah. Family plot. Uh, 1976, this is the, the his final song. film and uh, a first for all three of us. The first film that Adam has not seen, which is trying to find a Hitchcock film that Adam hasn't seen is, Impossible. it's got to be down to what, a handful now? Or? This yeah. is it, right? Well, I, I haven't seen, uh, so this is probably the f- the last film after 1934. Okay. And th- okay. this is his 53rd 53rd film. film. I haven't seen uh, The Man's Man, The Ring, Waltzes of Vienna, some of the silent films, like yeah. mm-hmm. Murder. Murder's probably the last uh, bigger one. Everything else is kind of like really pretty obscure. Like, yeah, you got to get on there's that. There's probably a, a few hundred people in the world that have seen some, <laughs> some of those other ones. The, but I'm going to watch them all eventually. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to get another one in while we were doing this, but... It just didn't happen. Didn't happen. Either. And we should add, this is my uh, pick. So we, we each chose a film, uh, North by Northwest being one that, the big one that we all disagreed on. Uh, we disagreed on that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was the least favorite movie? What one don't you want to watch? And we all said that. So Yeah, that's what we did. <laughs> uh, and this one, this one not necessarily. I mean, uh, you know, there's a, there, I had a handful of movies I could have chosen from this isn't necessarily his most well-regarded movie but the plot just sounded fucking cool and interesting right. so why not I, w- I was really happy because i've been all I, like it, you needed that push looking yeah. for an excuse to watch this movie because it, pr- it maybe if you didn't pick it i would have picked it because i was just yeah waiting for that excuse yeah. waiting for i i, I wanted to kind of mm. deep dive into it as well i've always felt bad that i watched frenzy you know, whenever I did my original rewatch of everything around 2002 to 2004, mm-hmm. and I kind of went, uh, there was a bunch of shitty movies in the 60s, <laughs> and Frenzy's awesome, so I'm just going to stop. Yeah. Frenzy almost seems like it would have made sense to be the final film, because Frenzy, to me, just seems so much different than his other films, almost like darker and, and more adult, maybe isn't the right name, but it just seems more like... It's bloodier. It's more, yeah, more graphic. graphic. It's, uh, it's subject matter is a lot. Like, I don't know. Hitchcock always has like a certain subject matter, but I always find he does it kind of with a wink and that it's film, sleazy. I think. Yeah, sleazy, I think, is the, yeah. the perfect way. Whereas this feels more to me like some of the earlier Hitchcock. Not, it's, it's still different, but like, you know, it still has that humor. It's like a dark kind of m- comedy. It's more almost. humor. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, I, I, uh, I think that this is probably 
the most overt screwball comedy <laughs> uh, 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 that's supposed to like that that is set up as a thriller, like the way that it was originally mm-hmm. written, and then mm-hmm. you you have these great comic actors in Bruce Dern and and Barbara Harris playing t- one pair of the leads. The other mm-hmm. is um, Karen Black, and and oh, what's what's the the other lead's name. Oh. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah, um, wasn't wasn't ready for all the, the yeah. leads, but he, he definitely like relies on them. I think mm-hmm. uh, for sure. So yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk about it and see uh, our opinions on it. Um, th- yeah, that's kind of one that I always thought I remember hearing like being bad, but then when you kind of look into it, it seems like it's like a lot of people actually do like it has a decent score on letterbox mm-hmm. reviews at the time were mostly positive. I mean, it was mixed. There was some that didn't it, like it. I'm but, curious if it's got bad reviews. Cause it was a Hitchcock movie where it's like, ah, oh, this is a good movie, I, but the Hitchcock. Yeah, I, I think that exactly. I think people it yeah. had like ridiculous expectations for Hitchcock even then. So when it, it kind of it does well. It makes you know some money, but it's not like the number one movie of the but year. But that People being kinda... said, if Hitchcock didn't make this movie, would anybody be talking about it to this day? I don't I know. To the same degree, yeah. it, it, you're probably not to the same degree. Yeah. But I, I don't but think it, it... is anyone even really talking about it, other than like it's a Hitchcock film, so you yeah. should watch it. Like I, don't I think know. there's still a lot of people that end up watching it because it's a Hitchcock film. Yeah. But I, I think, I think it. it I think if I heard the story, like I think if I read the story, I probably would have. I feel it, like it. No. It. Uh, and we'll get to this, but it feels like those seventies TV movies. Yes. I was thinking the same. Yes. I was thinking the exact same thing. And that's why. Yeah, we'll get into it because uh. we'll just say I'm a fan of seventies TV films. I I, I instantly um. was watching this and I'm like, Kyle's gonna yeah. like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say yeah. Anyways, we'll get into it. Um, before we get into it, though, uh, I did want to talk. Um, one of our one of our uh, loyal listeners, he's always commenting on our Facebook page and, and whatnot. Uh, Dave, he, he was commenting about Batman, and I guess he didn't. The Batman. The Batman. The Batman. Didn't love it. And I'm not going to talk into it. It's his opinion. I'm not going to judge it. I loved it. You guys were kind of like okay. He really hated it, and that's fine. I just, but it, it kind of brought up an in, interesting uh, discussion. I thought would be fun to talk about. Because he was going into why he didn't like it, and there's a lot of plot holes and stuff that he found. And I'm like, I didn't even notice those. And the ones that I did notice, I didn't care just because I was having such a fucking fun Mm. time with this. And it kind of, I thought that'd be an interesting discussion. Is there any films where, like, you either, you don't like it because of plot holes, um, where, you know, it actually has an impact on your enjoyment of the film? Or... um, I guess, you know, if you like the film, will you try harder to make those plot Like Batman vs. Superman, let's be honest, it leaves a lot of plot holes. You kind of have to yourself make sense of them. And you can. You can do it. Yeah. But you're doing that yourself because you like the film. You want it to make I it think, work. Yeah. I think most movies, if, if you look at them, are going to be filled with plot holes because of the medium. Especially if it's mm. plot heavy. If it's not plot heavy, there there maybe the, there's no plot. Holes. Yeah, again, if it's not plot heavy, then who cares? Yeah, like it, he's a man, the, he's a robot now, he's a robot cop. Perfect. The <laughs> That's only time need. I care is if the movie seems to care. Mm-hmm. Um, if the movie doesn't care, then I'm I don't mm-hmm. care either. I, I I feel like plot is one of the lower things for me. In, in on the grand scheme of things in movies, I I just feel like yes, plot matters, but all the uh, most of the other elements of making a movie are way more important to me. And and plot holes, unless I, I said before, unless they're egregious and they're really like oh fuck, how could you not notice this like terrible thing that's gonna 
you're just crater insulting me at this point yeah, by leaving. It the has band. to be really dumb. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't care. Now, do you, do you think like I I find and I do it myself and probably he did it the same way too. Like, if you don't like a film, you almost start like because you you're, you don't like this film and you're at this point like. What is this shit? And then you start like Why looking don't I like this, and you start looking for things, I think that's and then you, true, yeah. you start nitpicking like every little detail. I find like I, I you know, we're probably all guilty of it. Mm-hmm. If you love a film, you can look past potholes, and if you don't like the film, then you start looking for why you don't like that film, and mm-hmm. what you, it's like. This I have, I don't, I'm not enjoying this, and then you start looking. Well, here's reasons why. Um, did you guys find that or that? does make sense. I was thinking about the Batman where it relies heavily on this mystery, this plot that they're kind of building for well, even say for the first two hours it's building and you can pretty much drive a bus through these plot holes, right? In this movie. So, uh, But for the most part, I, I, yeah. I ignored those. I occasionally found mm-hmm. it annoying that they wanted us to pay attention to them. Mm-hmm. That's That was my problem. I didn't mm-hmm. care about the plot holes. I cared that they thought they were being smart. Mm-hmm. Um which what that almost bothers me more. I don't care if there's plot holes everywhere. They're, like like Kyle, you said. Usually you could also go. Well, maybe this other thing could mean this, or this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I know you. I was going to respond in that thread, and, and maybe <laughs> I still will because you mentioned me in in the big sleep, and you know, uh, no. you could easily destroy that movie. But as we found out when we were talking about it, you could explain all of it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're all going to explain it different. It doesn't matter. It's your own interpretation, and that's what what's what's great. But but, but yeah, for, for me the uh, the plot is not going to be the the. It, it depends on how I view what the information that filmmaker is trying to to present us, and that's the information that is the foundational pieces of, of what I'm going to care about. I, I think these days too. I mean, it, it, obviously, movies have always been about the money. That's why studios were doing them. They weren't doing them to always. Yeah. But I do feel like too when you when you hear like this movie where you know an hour was maybe cut out, and I, I think he chose to cut out the hour, or whatever. I mean, and uh, Snyder is a guy that every one of his movies gets butchered, and. Uh, to me, it's like you you got to understand that too. Then, like it's like maybe this scene made sense, but they had to cut this out. And it's like there's some things you got to cut out, and you got to be like, yeah, but this is a small plot hole that. And I'm we glad can cut they cut and, those and, things and, out, and because you know, usually those are the most boring scenes. Mm-hmm. Exposition z- scenes are one up there with my biggest pet peeves. We just talked about it with Shadow of Doubt. Mm-hmm. There's this big giant exposition dump that happens in the middle of the movie, and I just want to go. Yeah. Boring. Doing the, during the whole thing, like what the fuck? Be smart. Expect yeah. more out of your audiences. Um, now I read a lot of Dave's criticism of the movie, and and I, it kind of I, I don't hate the movie like him by any means. Like you know, he, he talked about the the action sequences, which I think are are fairly phenomenal. But when he was bringing up a bunch of stuff, it was like, oh yeah, I think that. That actually was something that I yeah. I I registered when I was watching it. Didn't think about it later, but probably added up to why I don't think this is the greatest film of all time. And mm-hmm. I just think it's a above average action movie. Um, but I also am not as you go. If you really hate something, I think you agree. You you'll dive further. For me, I don't yeah. want to dive further into the Batman. I, I wish we hadn't the other week. I just want to <laughs> stay on the surface level enjoyment because that's what it was for me. Was flawed. Yeah, and and on on another note, 
um, when, when you bring up a bunch of notes and someone actually kind of, well, here's what that means or here's why that makes sense. Mm. Does that ever have an effect on you? Maybe when you watch it again, would that change your opinion? Not usually with plot. Okay. I do find I can be swayed. If someone's like, no, you didn't see this part. I'm like, I will watch it again with like I, new eyes. I, like, I, I sometimes with other elements in a, in, in a movie, I, mm. I think I was trying to, we were talking about something a few weeks ago and you, you had, Kyle, you had mentioned something about it and I thought about it. Oh yeah. Like that was pretty cool. Like how they, they did that, that sequence. And I hadn't really thought of it that way. And I, I wish I, he sprung this, this uh, discussion on yeah, me. So I, 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 I don't have the, the example, but I think that's there, but with plot most of the time, unless it's like something that I completely failed to see, again, I just don't think it matters that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, like you, you need a good plot, but usually if I think the plot is bad, you're not going to be like, well, this actually connects to this guy's yeah. father that, you know, he mentioned that one, li- like, I don't fucking care. It's yeah. not going to change my opinion on the movie. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think there's, I've looked at films in a different way, but usually it's not one thing that I didn't like if, about a film. Yeah. Like for me to hate a film, it's got to be the plot, the plot holes. It's got to be the look of the film, the acting, the, the score, acting. the action scenes. It's kind of got to be a combination. So usually Same like- Same way you love a film, right? Yeah, like exactly. It's a combination yeah. of elements that- I mean, make- I, I love watching a movie when it ends. I love going on the internet- and reading everyone's opinions and clearly thoughts and, we like this stuff. Yeah, we, we come yeah. here uh, every week and we talk about movies. And yeah, I've looked at films in different way, and maybe when I rewatch that, I mean, I've definitely did a complete one eighty on films, but it usually wasn't for plot, like you said, plot hole reasons. It's mm-hmm. just I was in a different mood or whatever. And who knows? I mean, maybe hopefully that will change in him. Maybe. Now that he knows what this is, in five years from now he'll watch it again or something, or when the sequel comes uh, out. Yeah, like maybe not. Right, yeah. like. Uh, you know, he he's he has a lot of reasons why for him to not like that movie, yeah. and all of them seem justified for him. I, and I, I don't mm-hmm. think that's that's not a, a, a negative, and and not everyone's supposed to like it. Everything no, no. The same th- but uh, there's definitely films I've hated and and totally did a 180 on. So I, I don't know. Who knows? We'll we'll see. I guess. Yeah, I'm usually like the lukewarm to. What the fuck was I thinking? Is, is Yeah, you go from like a three and a half to a four or a three and a half to a three. I've done like some ones and twos that jumped up to like fours for me. I, I think I'd have to that, look, that big, yeah. I'd have to look. I, I don't think there's usually if I go that deep, it's 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 pretty deep seated why I didn't like the movie. Maybe it, mm. I, I I think a lot plays into when you watch a film though. It's like it's like what where you are at that time, the what time, mood you're in, are you tired? Yeah. Did you did you fall asleep during mm. a, what I don't know. There's there's a lot of factors. Well, I'll tell you about Real Genius play. last week and I I'm going, mm. well maybe it's an eight and uh, seven point five seems more right to me, just how I feel. But it was a great watching experience. Me me, me and my wife were watching it. We beers. both could, like we we were in a good mood and yeah. and I'm thinking, well, what if I watched that when I wasn't like that? Yeah. Maybe I'd be like, fuck this Val yeah. Kilmer guy. I'm going to punch <laughs> He's this not guy. charming at all. Well, he might just be like, Ryan Reynolds yeah. 2.0. Yeah. And I, uh, here's uh. the thing I'll say about Ryan Reynolds, because I, I was very disparaging about Ryan Reynolds on the last episode. <laughs> yeah, you owe an apology. If Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, I'm sure you, if I meet you in real life, you're one of the greatest people on the planet. And mm-hmm. char- it, it, your, your charisma would be there. I just. Um, I don't want to watch you on the big screen too often. Well, I think Deadpool was fun, and then but when you saw that in eight movies, you know, yeah. Deadpool two and again, I, I is th- of the last ten years. If if superhero movies of the last ten years, which I don't like any of them, Deadpool two 
is right near the bottom for me. But Deadpool might be a great example for this discussion because Deadpool, he hadn't, we hadn't seen this Ryan Reynolds for a long time. That came out, it felt fresh, unique. Now that we've seen that persona in 10 other movies afterwards, when I go back to Deadpool, am I going to enjoy it like it did the yeah. first time? Or am I going to hate it because now I hate that persona? So that that's the kind of example where but, your opinion We talked about Cary Grant last week, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's basically a variation yeah. of Cary Grant in, in 80% of his movies. There's, there's, there's outliers, like I've seen mm-hmm. them, but 80% of the time, he is Cary Grant. It's a Cary Grant picture. He's a movie star. Movie stars tend to be the Themselves. same thing. Tom Cruise, yeah. whatever. You like them or you don't like them, yeah. And and I I feel like him. It's always been a shtick. He's not a movie star. It's a it's a shtick. That's yeah. uh, you know he's sticky. Yeah, he's got that sticky out there, but he he can't clean up all d- the degree f- <laughs> uh, debris from your floors. Anyway, should we talk about some yeah. movies? He's Canadian, yeah. by, by yeah. the way. Yeah. At least yeah. he got that. I guess, and and you know. done a, a lot of great things. Seems mm-hmm. like an awesome guy. He's yeah. got his soccer team. His tequila. I, I love uh, Rob from uh, It's Always Sunny. He's friends with him. I feel like I should like him more now because I think that guy's the best. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah let, let's move really on to- Really taking a beating last week, didn't he? <laughs> I, I just feel bad. He, he seems like a great guy. He's listening Adam's to the podcast really, every Adam's been really, been sweating for yeah, like the past week. couple of days about like the Ryan Reynolds <laughs> did, fans did coming after him. Did you get like a uh, thing he DM'd online? Me. He DM'd <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was embarrassing. <laughs> Not cool, bro. Not cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what films did you guys watch? I watched uh, St. Elmo's Fire. Have you guys from 1985? So we were about to watch the previous week. It was <laughs> Real Genius or St. Elmo's Fire, yeah. and I was so glad I watched <laughs> Yeah, Real Genius. St. Elmo's Fire is a group of these like college kids, but they're all obnoxious jerks. Like, What's the, It's the Rat Pack, right? Yeah. You got yeah. All, the, all the actors are great. Rat Pack. Rat Pack, sorry. They're all good what they're doing, but all the characters in this film are deeply flawed and not likable at all. It's so uh, weird to watch yeah. this movie. Uh, yeah. You ever go to um, a bar with, say, like your girlfriend's buddies, and they all have these inside jokes that you're not part of, and like every time they do it, they laugh hysterically when they say this catchphrase <laughs> or what have you that's funny to them, but like funny to no one else. You're explaining my li- I'm always that yeah, yeah. Bazinga. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're, like, you're watching these people do this like <laughs> inside jokes for an hour and a half and this is one that yeah. i know i've seen in uh bits and pieces on mm-hmm. on television i, I don't have this mark because i don't i i don't think i've ever yeah. seen this front to back but it was always out of those movies the one i kind of went ah, I, I, I remember liking it like i, I remember I it kind of feeling the uh, most Milo Estevez falls in love with this girl that he dated once in like college and he is obsessed with her like he travels up yeah. to like he stalks her and he's supposed to be this charming fella in this movie but he, he is not he's a creepy jerk like <laughs> there's a lot of stalking back then that was like yeah celebrated <laughs> but even like angie mcdowell plays this like cool nurse like she's up there with the, her boy she's like all right you're gonna freeze to death out here come inside like we're gonna take care of you and he's Andy mcdowell's in this yeah she's a doctor like, everyone is in this it's awesome like i judge rob lowe fucking rocks the sax this is where i was like i want to become a saxophone yeah. player Realizing I that that's not a thing anymore. A real hate <laughs> no, on Sax is back. Okay, nice. It's sexy, yeah. man. I had a real hate on for Rob Lowe in the past like two years after watching uh, the stand. 
he has this new podcast called Literally with Rob Lowe. I'm like, this guy's just like a dick. He hasn't been <laughs> in anything. Like, why is he famous? Is he famous because he's no, been he's looking? Been, he's been consistently I, busy. I, I, he has been. I don't know why. I think he kind of plays that. His son Parks has and Rex, a, he's great in. He got in. Like, I'm like, okay, now. Like, his son has a Twitter that just rips on him all the time. So yeah. if you don't like Rob Lowe, well, he constantly, like, totally, like, I'm talking some yeah. hardcore rippage. <laughs> <laughs> totally insults him. Like I, all I, the time. I remember not caring about Rob Lowe at all. It was just mm. like, oh, well, at least he got to make a joke out of himself in. And then he in ma- Tommy didn't Boy. he masturbate yeah. in a theater yeah, or something? He, no, no that, that's Pee Wee. I know Pee Wee Herman did. I thought he Rob had, Lowe like, had some sixteen-year-old girl. Yeah, underage girl oh, was yeah. his thing. Uh, anyways, he's charming in this, but he's still an asshole. Like all the characters are un. Well, okay, he's the only charming asshole. Everyone else is just an asshole. <laughs> well, I thought I remember uh, the Ellie Sheedy or whatever. Uh, Ellie Sheedy, Sheedy yeah. Being yeah. likable. Well, she is pretty much, there's, she is dating this one guy or married to this one guy. No, she doesn't want to marry him, but he wants to marry her. So he's constantly cheating on her. She breaks, no, she cheats on him with her his best friend. Like, there's a lot of like the incestuous uh, thing going on. She was the group. one that didn't hold up that m- well for me in a Breakfast Club when I rewatched. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just felt but like she a holds up in this movie. Yeah, like everyone is doing a great job. Just the characters are just obnoxious. Yeah, I remember it kind of feeling like a real slice of life though. Yeah. Like it's all these characters in this shitty part. Of, like it's it's them all kind of in this crisis of their. I'm life. definitely gonna. Yeah. This is an '85 uh, movie. I'm on definitely the, gonna, on the uh, the cusp of adulthood. But I just I remember it being a little like. Overly cheesy and sentimental. This and Weird Science are the ones I'm like. I'm gonna watch these again, but I'm. uh, I've never seen Weird Science. I'm excited to watch that too. Yeah, the John Hughes. There's there's like a couple John Hughes I haven't seen. Maybe it's just that one actually. That and Breakfast, or 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 in general, you just haven't. haven't Yeah, I'm trying. There's that one, and there's like the there's like one other John Curly Sue. (laughs) Was that John Hughes? I think I've seen that. Yeah, he's awesome. (laughs) That's his last movie. Oh wow. Or isn't Baby's Day Out he did? Or is that Jazz yeah, Jones? Did he just write that one? I don't know. Yeah, because he becomes, like, he's, yeah. cause he he writes Home Alone. And, and then he wrote a bunch of shit, like, under a pseudonym, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he and, and they're not often good Hugh movies. Johns? No. <laughs> um, but he did Home Alone in the 90s, and that fucking film is still amazing. Mm-hmm. That's a film that surprised me. But Christopher Columbus it. is yeah, director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like for me, John, uh, we did the John Hughes. I, I mentioned this in the last episode, and I was I, I, I yeah, I kind of went. I'm the I'm camera team Cameron Crow of the mm-hmm. of the eighties. You know, but what did Cameron Crow do? Other than Fast famous. Times and and say but I, th- I think they're different. Fast Times, I think, was going for more realism, whereas like John Hughes was kind of like the witty fun dialogue. I, I don't know, kind of, but the witty fun dialogue, like Ducky. Ducky no. fucking sucks. <laughs> uh, is he a dick? Like Edis is a terribly written character. Like these, yeah. they, they don't hold up. Like we have way more nuanced, like outsider characters. I think that are, have happened for the last couple generations, mm-hmm. and and John Hughes is a big part of that. But I kind of all the like all the side characters in in uh, other than Anthony Michael Hall in Sixteen Ca- uh, Candles is Long Duck Don in Sixteen Candles? Holy fuck, that does not. Hold no, on. no, it does not. Uh, like that one, I, I, uh, I thought, whatever, it's going to be an eighties movie. Like yeah. people freak out about Temple of Doom. Yeah. Temple, like it, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's not good, but it's not like the worst thing ever. Long Duck Dong is is terrible. Yeah. Um, Sixteen Candles was 
uh, and Pretty in Pink were not good movies. No, I, I mentioned this, but last I time. don't think they. I don't know. To those, to me, like when I grew up, those were always kind of the the films that the the girls liked and the guys liked, like Ferris Bueller. And uh, yeah, Ferris, Club and, yeah, yeah, Ferris Bueller was the one that held up the best uh, for me out of out of uh, those. Like I, I never grew up with an affinity for Sixteen Candles or uh, Pretty um, in Pink. Pretty Pink. No, I think it was. Uh, yeah, it was probably Breakfast Club. I'll be interested. That was the one that went down. I for mean, me. Planes Trains is fucking amazing. Yeah, Planes yeah. Trains is 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 it's a, a bit out of the wheelhouse, though, isn't it? Yeah, like, it's it's not that. Uh, yeah. Like I'm talking just the coming of age yeah. movies. I'm not talking about John Hughes. In like he did, he did like some kind of wonderful, which I don't know. And uh, the one with Kevin Bacon, um, uh, Tremors. <laughs> uh, the one with the baby bringing up baby or something. I don't know. Oh yeah, she's having my baby. She's or, having a baby. Yeah. Oh, anyway. um, Six point five. Saint okay. Elmo's Fire. Okay. And uh, the only thing it's not six is because that song. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a great. That's a great, uh, right? that's a great song. Uh, I did kind of segues because I was just talking about masturbating in a theater. Um, I did that while I watched this film. Uh, <laughs> what, what Tom Cruise movie are we about to talk about? No, uh, no Pee Wee's Big Adventure from 1985. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I swear, I'm sure I saw this film as a kid because I grew up, I was a huge Pee Wee fan. I actually had the Playhouse. Oh, did you? I had every little figure for that Playhouse. I still have like a... Uh, a calendar I've kept, oh, nice. and I'm, I keep thinking like I'm going to actually have the year that it matches. It's going up, to line up, but I always forget years. to check. And, uh, and um, what year? I don't. Eighty six or something. Uh. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I I loved this movie as a kid, uh. and this is on my list of yeah. of like I can't wait to rewatch because I watched this. Mm-hmm. Ad nauseum. A lot of people really love Ad it. Nauseum. Yeah, this is a, a t- Tim Burton's debut it film. It is a weird for a children's movie. It is spooky and creepy as anything. Yeah, it definitely it's has awesome. a lot of. Yeah, those what's what's Burton. her name? Mar- uh, large Marge. Large yeah, Marge. Like, yeah. definitely like. I watched yeah. it with my son, and I I warned him about that. Oh yeah. yeah, but then he wasn't. It, he wasn't. It wasn't that bad. But then there's a scene later on that is He's like, older now, though. Like hey, this, Even in the magic store, that is creepy. No, well, right? there's a scene with, like, it's a dream sequence in a hospital with a bunch of fucking creepy clowns, and that's like, oh. Dad, you, Large Marge, you didn't, you didn't, that was nothing. You should have warned me about this one. <laughs> I don't remember that. I'm going to be having trouble sleeping now. So, yeah, I don't, there's definitely, it's definitely got a lot of that, and I think that's why the film works, all the, mm. those strange, like... It's surrealist aspects. Yeah, there, and it, there's, like, even the set pieces and stuff, it just got a lot, like, he goes in, there's claymation in there, there's animation, he mixes kind of everything together. Mm-hmm. It's just such a weird, zany, like, it starts out, there's, like, a, a phony psychic, you got, uh, um, he ends up hitching a ride with a convict, there's oh, a yeah. large Marge, which the the ghost driver, um, the to keep the famous tequila scene where he ends up with the bikers and doing the tequila, <laughs> which is probably the best laugh of that movie where he like ends up joining the gang and he's got the the jacket on the bike and he's like, see you guys, later. and he drives off, but he doesn't know how to fucking drive a bike and he like goes like <laughs> off to the side and crashes through the sign. Uh, like we, we were both uh, laughing our heads off of that. You get a cool finale where it's uh, you know in, in the Warner Brothers. Um, Lot so he's oh yeah bicycling through all the movies Godzilla and everything others as they're shooting them. I will say that like I liked it. I didn't love it. Like I was going oh, really? in like this is gonna be yeah top ten. I'm gonna be fucking blow me away. It it, it like a lot of I don't know. It didn't like I didn't laugh my head off. I feel it drags at times. Like I think it, the weirdness keeps you going. But like again, it's just him trying to get his bike back and I, I don't know. 
I didn't. Uh, I thought I'd laugh my head off at more scenes and. I yeah. love that when he's in the the bathtub, the fucking guy that he thinks. <coughs> oh, he has yeah. like the giant pool. That's yeah. a bathtub. Yeah, I, yeah. I, as a kid, I just like, you wanted that bathtub. I wanted that oh, yeah, so bad. Playing with the boat. I, like, I, I, I'm sure I haven't seen this. I watched it in high school. Uh, and that was the last time. Mm. But I at, at that time when yet you when you're in high school and you hadn't watched a movie since you were like ten, mm-hmm. you go, "Wow, that's like a lifetime ago." Mm-hmm. Uh, we're now that, like, like six years. <laughs> that seems like the exact same time period yeah. has gone by. Uh, I'm 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 really looking forward to this. Uh, Checking it out again. But yeah, it, I, like, I, you know, I know people that do love. I know people that do love it though. Like it, it, some people think it's one of Tim Burton's. It best, starts off with that breakfast making machine. That's just so yeah, interesting to watch. Again, like all that stuff is interesting. I just think the base, the the main plot, like I, I don't know if he his character is that interesting enough or funny enough to hold it. Like there's he has funny moments, but I, I don't know. Uh, anyways, I'm gonna give it seven out of ten. Oh wow, um, yeah, didn't That's a lot lower than it. I thought. Um, yeah. Uh, so I went to uh, the Playhouse, Kyle. You asked me on, oh, on Letterbox, and I saw X Ty West oh. X. How was it? It's really good. Yeah. So it's it's okay. So the plot is that these this group uh, of, of of characters in the seventies is going off to Nowheresville, Texas, to shoot a a porno. Yeah. And once they get there, there's this like creepy old man, and then his wife. You kind of see in the window, and what's going on with her, and. And then it's everything just seems a little bit off, but they're also shooting things in a way that you know. It, at first, it's just about these people and how they're interacting with one another. It, it sets up everybody like the characters are really well well done. Mm. You, you like hanging out here, and like Ty West, he's not in a rush. He, he's going to set up time. the tone and 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 the vibe the exact way he wants. And it was really refreshing because. It was. It's almost a shame that he's been in, out in the wilderness for six or seven yeah, years now. Yeah, well, twenty thirteen. TV, TV yeah, and lot. not great TV either. Like, mm. definitely TV for hire. Not like, oh, hey, I made this. That's what. It's uh, not Ryan Johnson. You're gonna yeah. get to do the craziest episode of Breaking Bad. Yeah. No, the, you're gonna do. I don't know. You're the Flash, but you're gonna do some <laughs> okay. crappy shit. Um. He's he's awesome. He's got chops. So and and then they they get in the situation and of course shit goes down. And b- what I loved about this is it subverts all the elevated horror tricks. It's not trying to be that. Yeah, there's a bunch of like ideas about how in in the seventies pornography and and horror films were very close to the same plane. Mm-hmm. Right, like they were almost mm-hmm. on the same level, and how those things interact. But once shit goes down, it just goes down. Um, we talk about the porn, isn't it? It's almost like a a, a slasher film, isn't it? It's totally sense? a slasher yeah. film. Uh, yeah, like like, you, like Ty you, West doing a slasher. Film. Ty <laughs> West doing a slasher film. Uh, you definitely get more characterization, weird, quirky shit that's going on. I thought the uh, overall the actor Mia Goth is is fantastic it's not found footage not found footage awesome yeah also awesome uh as much as i thought he did uh sacrament a a good job with found Mm. footage in the sacrament i i always have this that movie just had this itch like 
why wouldn't you just shoot this yeah. like a fucking movie? This actually has a, a vibe that's similar to the sacrament in, in, in certain ways. I think ways. The found footage is a budget thing too, right? Like you can do a found footage a lot cheaper. You're not setting up each scene, letting, like you are, but it's not as expensive. So I guess there's going to be more of this. I, I don't know how I feel about that, but I guess they got in New Zealand and it was like, well, we're here in the only safe place in the whole fucking world to make a movie where we don't have to do all these protocols and we're ahead of schedule, so let's, let's make do it again. another movie. Yeah, it's like a prequel or some yeah. bullshit. Yeah, I think isn't that? I think it's already available, or it's going to be available with streaming soon. Uh, three or four months from now, I think. No, I thought there's a trailer. Wow. Thought, okay. Yeah, I, I thought. I thought. So we were, didn't stay because mm. I was, uh, and and even Tammy was like, but I thought okay, we should go. I think it's June or July. I thought mm-hmm. I just read that. It's going up streaming, and it's going to come. Yeah, maybe in June when it goes up for streaming, it's going to be available with it. With it at the same time. Something like that. Yeah. Um, great movie experience, though. Like again, I missed going to the theater. Yeah. You get all the reactions of of the crowd. That'd be a good one to see in theaters. Uh, I'm giving it an eight. Who? Wow. Cool. Yeah, I, 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 I hope you guys. Yeah. Uh, get to see it and dig it and um. It feels very much in in certain ways. I was like, this is even more in those two dudes' wheelhouse mm-hmm. and mine because it's it's. I'm excited about this. He, yeah, he, I think I'm gonna. I'll he pick hasn't it up on let Blu-ray me down or whatever when it when mm-hmm. it hits. Uh, I think in, yeah, I think June or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I thought I just read something recently. That I, I think may, maybe you're right when it, when this comes out on streaming in three or four months. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think the follow up is supposed to happen, but it's it's becoming kind of a thing. So you never know, like. If it'll get a theatrical release, mm-hmm. uh, Maddie, do you have anything else? Uh, no, it's it for me. Do you guys want to talk about? Uh, I got a, a couple more yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go. Um, I'll try to get the. Uh, so I watched Private Resort from 1985. <laughs> um, this is, uh, I guess, there was Private Lessons, Private School. This producer did the three private films. Private School is, I guess, famous uh. for the Phoebe Cates nudity, which is a big thing in the 80s. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of your standard teen romp. This is early Johnny Depp, I think. Post Nightmare on Elm Street, I believe, but still like early in his career, mm. he's not headlining films at this point. And then his buddy's uh, Rob Morrow, who's done a bunch of oh, stuff. Oh, uh, Northern Exposure, Rob Morrow. Uh, he's fucking terrible in this man. His <laughs> his whole performance in this movie is doing this fucking. I can't explain it. It's this chipmunk like smile he just does. He sucks in this movie. Johnny Depp though <laughs> is charismatic. He shows that you know he's. You know, he has potential. It's got Andrew Dice Clay, like, oh. right, right before he hit big and became the Dice Man that we all know and love. So he's not quite got that persona. Speak but for yourselves. Kinda... I'm, uh, 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 well, actually, you know what? Uh, he was pretty good in Pam and Tommy. Um, but he, Dice Man, he was, he was famous, right? Uh, whether you like him or not. Uh, well, you said no and love. Oh, sorry. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, you know and tolerate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I tolerate the Dice Man. Uh, uh, it's got to, it's got to Leslie Easterbrook, who is. Uh, I was trying to figure out where she was. Oh, the before. hot dogs. Yeah, K- Callahan. Oh, never mind. I thought I thought there she's, was she's Easterbrook's just a, in Burlington. Oh no, she's just that's a, a topical reference, like right here. <laughs> you just yeah, no one that is listening to her show gets that reference. Uh, but yeah, she's playing just exactly what you think. Uh, of, you of know, a voluptuous, a big babe. Breast, breasted older woman. Um, and uh, yeah, and there's a side plot in there where there's a thief uh, who's a, an actor that you'll recognize, and he's trying to steal this this uh, diamond necklace from this rich old woman. Uh, but pretty much, you're watching this. It's Depp and Morrow trying to get laid, and then it gets and all that. There's a lot of actually 
good get like I was laughing enjoying it for like the first chunk of the film it's you know where it's just I'm trying to get laid and all the different mm. gags but then like of course like these films you can't just have jerks trying to get laid so it ends up they meet these romantic. women romantic and then again the heist thing kind of plays more and it's like I don't know it kind of lost me a bit there it's like it's not a good romantic film uh, these yeah. guys aren't ni- necessarily good characters when they're you know using quaaludes to, <laughs> to, to, to uh, get laid. Uh, I'm going to get six and a half, though. I still had fun with it. Again, I think there there was some th- funny stuff, especially in that first like 45 minutes or good something. Good for a romp. Yeah, and then I followed up with uh, Heaven Help Us, uh, also from 85. Now, this one is teen romp, but it's more like coming of age. Uh, like I, I don't want to say star-studded cast, but it's got Andrew McCarthy, Kevin Dillon, Patrick Dempsey, oh, wow. uh, Steve Jeffries, who's uh, evil from Fright Night, um, Malcolm Denaire, who was like the, one of the, the guy bullies from Christine, uh, Mary Stuart Masterson, Wallace Shawn, and then, yeah, sorry, the priests are Wallace Shawn, John Hurd, Donald Sutherland. Uh, it's got the the girl that does the voice of uh, Lisa Simpson. Just about a lot of n- faces you'll recognize, whether they're huge stars. But yeah, it's pretty much 1965. McCarthy um, and his uh, younger sister move into uh, with their grandparents in Brooklyn. I guess their parents died or something. Um, and he has to attend this uh, really strict all-boys Roman Catholic school. And it's kind of like the hijinks they get into uh, mixed with like your, your coming of age. Uh, Kevin Dillon, I would just say, man, he uses the F word, which, you know, for, for gay people. Okay. <laughs> he uses it every fucking sentence. Like, it's got to be a record in movies, like 50 times. So if you have a problem with that, you're going to hate this film. But again, he's not really supposed to be a like, well, he's kind of like the he's dick a- of the movie. Like, McCarthy kind he's of He's Johnny up, Drama, is what it is. <laughs> he, he's, he's the, he's, you're not really supposed to like this character. Um, even if McCarthy kind of becomes friends with him in a, in a sense, mm-hmm. um, Based on you know that the the priests are worse, and like John Hurt is fun. He's kind of like the cool priest, uh, but then there's like this the 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 fucking prick priest who's very strict and uh, is pretty much abusing the students, uh, physically abusing them. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it ends up being kind of the the romantic story where McCarthy falls in love with. Uh, Kevin um, Dillon's character? No. Oh, that'd be amazing. Mary, <laughs> Mary Stewart Masterson's character, who uh, I guess her father, she, she runs a soda fountain pop shop or of whatever. Course. Her father, though, is like pretty much some kind of mentally in, in um, uh, whatever. He's, he's pretty much like comatose or something because his girlfriend committed suicide. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, you get pranks and stuff in there. They behead the, uh, one of the statues of the saints. Um, Steve Jeffries' character is always like playing with himself, and there's a great scene where you know they're they're giving out the, the communion bread on, yeah. and I guess he gets to be chosen to be the assistant to the priest. <laughs> so he's giving it to all like the all girls school, and he like can't fucking handle it. He's just like losing it because they're all sticking their tongues out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really like enjoyed this movie. It, it's again, there's better. But for it's when it's more coming of age than teen romp, like there's hijinks in there, but it's more of a coming age. I'm gonna give it a seven and a half. I, oh, I that think, good, uh, eh? I think right, and it's almost like maybe even an eight there. Like, I Ooh. I enjoyed it. I think there, there's some stuff there. And McCarthy's kind of Andrew McCarthy was like a likable mm-hmm. character in the 80s. I don't know, I guess I just saw like Mannequin and we can, he did he, a lot of films he was that in, I liked. Uh, State Almost and he was uh, charming, in yeah, that. yeah. Like, he, I mean. You know, I'm not gonna say yeah. he's a great actor, but he for that type of character, he was he was fun. What um, happened to him? Is he still with us? Yeah, yeah he's alive. Uh, I, uh, yeah, barely. Uh, did you watch anything more? Or? Yeah, I did. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so I watched from 1985, which is going to be a theme, yeah. people. 
uh, The Purple Rose of Cairo. This oh, is the sequel to Jewel of the Nile? Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> this is the Woody Allen movie where uh, okay, uh, Woody Allen is not in the movie. It stars uh, Mia Farrell. She also wrote this, I think, on, potentially uncredited, but I, yeah. I, I believe that there is, uh, she wrote a lot of the dialogue. Um, with Jeff Daniels uh, as well and Danny Aiello uh, and a bunch of other you know, character actors you'll, you'll recognize. 80s. And it's basically this woman who is in this terrible relationship with Danny Aiello. It's during the Depression, and out comes uh, – she goes to the movie theater all the time, and she's watching the movie theater, and she keeps watching this movie that Jeff Daniels' character is in, and one day he just – he kind of sees her and decides to walk out of the, the- out of the movie. And he, he walks out of the movie, and he's into reality, and that's huh. the, where the movie goes. It's awesome. That it, seems like a music video from the 80s. <laughs> so it is done in such it's, – it's like what if this person who is not a person, and they're always talking about that. Yeah. How this is not a person. This is not a human. This is just a person. Character. Character from the thing. Like he even gets beat up at one point. And, and uh, like, badly, and he's fine. Shrugs, shrugs he's just off. like, oh, yeah. I didn't expect that. He played dirty with me. <laughs> and he's got money in his pocket. They go out for a fancy dinner. Like, he's come to kind of save her from mm-hmm. this life, but he can't do that, of course. Um, uh, it, it is super witty. There's a million, like, cr- great, great lines. Like, the one-liners that are, are, are rolling off in this one. But it's kind of magic when he comes out of the screen as well, and and he's in a movie almost like a Lubitsch movie, um, which you know I've talked about a little bit on the on the podcast from the '30s, like Ernest Lubitsch, yeah. the director, and he's in this comedy manners, and he's a secondary thing. But all of a sudden, like now this character's out of the screen, so the studio's having to freaking out, like. People are like one of our characters came on the screen, so all the Hollywood guys are having to come and 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 stop this from happening. They're hearing uh, somebody looks side eyed in Chicago now, so <laughs> we got to stop this before it happens. We got to destroy all the negatives, and all the people in the movie are now sitting around on screen, being like, "Well, what are well, what we, we do now?" To? Like he's part of the plot. We can't move forward with the plot. Mm. So there's all these great things. It's really economical. It's like eighty minutes or something. Oh wow. Um, it's it's up upper echelon, Alan. Wow! Uh, Is this the first time you've seen it, or you? I never before? seen this oh, movie. Okay. Yeah, um, uh, eight point five. Oh wow! Wow, that good, eh? Yeah, it's on, it's on my list to get. It's mm. it's that like it's it's good. Have to check that out. Well, I have one that um, I'm excited to talk about as well. Um, the Last of Sheila from 1973. Uh, this is co-written by Anthony Perkins, actually. Huh. Um, don't you know our rules now? If it's 1985, we don't talk sorry. about it. <laughs> uh, so again, I, uh, we, we received our, our big one of our big orders that we placed, and this was a, one of the films I was excited to uh, to watch from the uh, Warner Archive sale. Uh, so this film opens up uh, this this actress um, Sheila. She's the girlfriend of this uh, uh, big shot producer played by James Coburn. She kind of leaves this party in anger, and uh, she's walking wherever, and she's run down by a That's car. That's the last of her. Yeah, she's run down by the car. I get it. And uh, it's a hit and run. And then now we cut to a year later. Uh, James Coburn has invited uh, a lot of the, the his friends from that same party uh, to his yacht for uh, a murder mystery 
uh, game that he set up. And I guess he likes doing these things called the Sheila Green Memorial Gossip Game. So pretty much he invites you six guests and they each get a secret written down on a card. And the whole point of the game is, I, I guess, like then you get dropped off at the port and he set up all these clues and like he'll say, okay, the first one is like um, alcoholic or something. So you have to put all these clues together and, and figure out wh- whatever the, the the destination you have mm-hmm. to get to is with the, the clues. And if whatever this this it's complicated to explain, but pretty much everyone has a card, whether it's shoplifter, homosexual is one of them, alcoholic, various things. And and you think it's going to go the Agatha Christie method where people are going to slowly get knocked off because someone almost does get killed and mm-hmm. it seems like someone's trying to maybe uh, knock them off one by one. But then it doesn't go that way. And I, I don't want to explain too much because I think both of you really need to see this film. Yeah, I, I just thought where it goes is all these twists and turns. People start getting added to the party instead of subtracted to the party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's not quite that. But yeah, it just takes this different path and it, it kind of gets more into the characters. Like the film like ends... At about an hour and 20, and you're like, oh, okay. But then you look in the thing, wait, there's still 40 minutes to go. Because they totally go a different way and where they're going with this. And then, yeah, there's all these ah. twists and turns of where it's going. I This film, I thought this it, film was fucking fantastic. It's a huge influence on, on Knives Out, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I could totally see that. This is a film, like, it's one of those films a lot of people, like, yeah, it feels very underrated. Because the people that have seen it, like, seem to all love it. I, 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 I just... Uh, you were talking about this. I'm going. This all sounds familiar. And uh, yeah, it's, I once I saw Knives Out, I looked at a bunch of the stuff Ryan Johnson was really? looking at. I made a yeah. like note, and I completely forgot about it. Um, but yeah, it's it sounds super cool. Mm. Yeah, it, it's got a bunch of like people you recognize too. Raquel Welsh is in there. Y- young like Ian McShane, you couldn't even recognize him. Oh I wow! I'm like, who is this guy? No, who is? Then you look up, it's like shit. That's like a young. <laughs> Like a lot of names that you Surgeon. recognize. Jason Mason, were we talking about him recently? Maybe James uh, Mason, yeah, from North by Northwest. Okay, mm. there we go. Uh, yeah, anyways, uh, and, and it's kind of fun too. Like the reason I love Escape Room, because even just when they're like doing the game and they're trying to solve all the puzzles, that's just like fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, and then when it turns into this other thing, yeah, I, I'm between like an 8.5 and a 9. I'm going oh, wow. to go 8.5, but I. So you I almost love this went film. higher than North by Northwest. Almost. Maybe it's just because it's like this first, like, and maybe it's because of my first watch. Yeah. Again, that first watch is like always, a gem. Well, it's just, just like it blew me away. I went in yeah. like, ah, oh, this will be a fun murder mystery. And I was like, fuck, I really dug this. Like, I mm-hmm. thought it was really interesting. Um, yeah, it, maybe not now. I'm going to go 8.5. I'm going to go 8.5. I don't know if I would say it's better North by North, but this is like, this is top tier murder. Like, I love murder mysteries. This yeah. is the top of the game. Mm-hmm. I would put it over Knives Out myself. Um, yeah, this is top tier for the, for that type of film. I, I loved it. Um, so yeah, you guys should watch it uh, for sure. Awesome. I watched uh, Day of the Dead. I haven't seen which this. I also watched. I also watched. I saw you guys yeah, watching. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I was yeah. going to watch it anyway. Why not? I haven't watched this in sixteen, seventeen years. When I first saw it, I'm like, ah, this movie sucks. Like, uh, it seems so boring. I fell in love with this. What a cool idea for a movie. The entire world is overrun by zombies. There is a science base. That is run by a scientist, but the military are their protection. Yep. What a cool idea. Like, the science is trying to, like, keep humanity alive. The military is just trying to have some That's fun. That's one thing like, Romero, Romero was great at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the setting he put his characters in is yeah. almost always fantastic. 
Well, you guys know the whole story behind this, though, right? Like, this no. was supposed to be his epic Gone with the Wind. It was going to be this huge post-apocalyptic movie. And, but he wanted, uh, but they said, well, if you're going to, we'll give you the $7 million to do that, yeah. but it's got to be R-rated. It's got to be able to play in theaters. And he said, no, like, I, it's got to be unrated because I'm doing these effects. He refused mm-hmm. to budge on that. So they said, okay, well, we'll give you that. We'll let you have the unrated, but you got to cut your budget in half. So that's why he ended up doing this film because he only had $3.5 million, So he had to, he decided, well, if we throw it all in one location, so we which potentially like is it better, makes a movie. It's so claustrophobic, like because can can you imagine what? Remar- like I don't know. I think it would have been been interesting to see him. He's not great at movie. scale, though. Yeah, like if you if you're trying yeah. to make like Romero making a blockbuster movie, yeah. seem. That's Land of the Dead. That's what I was about to say. That is Land of the Dead. Uh, I don't hate Land of the Dead, but yeah. Yeah. Like, Again, I have seen Land of the Dead since it first came yeah, out. Yeah, I also wanted to rewatch yeah. Land of the Dead. And, and Land of the Dead even isn't that. But to make something that that's yeah. sprawling, I feel like that's when all his movies always like mm-hmm. lose their fucking script Footing. a bit. Well, and this is kind of the, the precursor to like Walking Dead or 28 Days Later or whatever, where it's like mm-hmm. the army and... I mean, his movies are always about humanity's the the, mm. the enemy, but this film. I, I, I have, think I have issues with this movie uh, that is mainly the, acting, <laughs> the army, and the acting of them yeah. screaming at each other yeah. around a cafeteria for yeah. however mm. long that was. Yeah. Like, I don't mind it. All his <laughs> movies have a layer of amateur acting, and you, I kind of always feel like he's. He's great at pulling cool things from everybody. Yeah. But if you're asking people to do giant lines of dialogue, they it's going to be probably yeah. pretty poor. And when it's just the main like army dude, uh, Joseph R- Pilato, Roy roiding out <laughs> for for whatever that yep. was. That's not so good no. for me. No, I I, I agree. But it's so. Terrible and cheesy that you don't care. Like he's like, I don't know. I, I don't think it's trying to be terrible yeah. and cheesy. I think it's trying oh, to be this really serious. That's the subtext. I know. I, I don't care. This movie is terrible <laughs> and cheesy. Like it's exactly. I love what all it is. the. All, I love the zombie. It starts off in like this cool scene where she walks up to this wall. She looks at the calendar. Oh yeah, and like you know the scene I'm talking about. Yeah, it's like yeah. the jump scare. And the way she reacts to that is so terrible. But the scene with the wall oh, the hands is pop. so yeah. good. But she ruins it <laughs> by like doing the, uh, oh, my. <laughs> well, I, I think my problem with this movie is like his his other movies always had more interesting characters. Like, I mean, I like the Jamaican mm. kind of pilot guy. Yeah. I like the. Yeah, he's awesome. The alcoholic. Like, they're, yeah. they're fine. But. I don't know, like it half the like not half the film, but it's like about I like Doctor Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, he's I, a little silly, but yeah, like I know people have problem with that performance, but I think he's very committed. And even, I just think though those guys, like the 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 pilot and stuff, like you don't really get to see that. It's like twenty or thirty minutes before they even get to like, oh, we're characters. Like I don't know, they're in the first scene. Yeah, that, but they're not. I don't know. Jesus, Joseph, Mary, and Christ, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah like and that's in the first thing. Like, how many times do he say that? Like, and it was funny because catchphrase. T- Tammy instantly he says that once. She repeats it right back. Is sure. like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. And then it keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> and how many times does he say "whirly bird"? <laughs> yes. 
the, the the female lead is a strong character, I guess. Like, oh, she, yeah. Compared to like, well, again, you think of the the lead, the female lead, Knight and Don. Yeah. They're the worst characters. Whereas this character, like, she actually she's she's way, she's the one that like she's got her cojones, boyfriend's a yeah. useless fucking. Uh, I was gonna say useless twat. <laughs> um, the boyfriend Don is kind of useless as well. Yeah. Who is it? I can't remember. In in Dawn of the Dead, it's like he starts. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah Flyboy, Flyboy. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, that's a, that's a, the the guy in this one's name too, Flyboy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I love the the zombie Bub. Yeah. And well, and they, what a performance! Yeah, he's that great. performance. I was thinking the same thing. Actually, is unbelievable. Um, he has empathy, but like stone eyes. There there is a uh, a Frankenstein element. To this movie for sure, yeah. like they, they, it's so overt, yeah. but mm. it's it's actually like they succeeded well. it, even though he's mentioning it. Which I don't mm. know if there's another movie that mentions the influence and yeah. actually gets away with it. Mm-hmm. I, I think the problem without ha- being tongue in cheek, I have with Bub. I think I, I agree. I think I, this time, especially like I really the performance blows me away. But that was like with this, that's like he couldn't let that drop. And every film afterwards, it's like all about zombies become smarter and smarter. And like, I think it just gets mm-hmm. bad. Like with Land of the Dead, you have like a smart zombie and it's not as good. And then like he keeps on going with that. And yeah. See, I don't, I don't yeah. care about any of those things. That doesn't apply to this movie. Yeah. Uh, like but, for me, right? Yeah. Like, like this is an. It's a, just like, yeah, it, because thing. he thought that was successful, that yeah. kind of like ruined his career in, in his zombie films. It, Probably what, like, he's a guy that. For better or worse, could never get out of his wheelhouse and of, his world. Like yeah. he's a dude from Pittsburgh that wants mm-hmm. to make movies with people that he Amateurs. feels that are his peers. The graphic violence in this movie—it's fantastic. Is so yeah, let's good. be honest. That's the reason you're watching it. Tom Savini deserves the gore like, is the top insane. credit. Insane, huge jump. Forget from, how good from Don. Yeah, how good this is. Like they're biting into necks. You actually see the teeth going to flesh. They're Tearing people apart from the floor. The zombie like that has oh, like, yeah. the jaw mm. missing and the tongue is still yeah. moving. Or there's one where, like they cut off the head and its eyes are still moving yeah. and that's like the half on the ground. Yeah, and there is a lot of great like where zombies are rising up on the guts are falling yeah. out, but like it looks it, it's like yeah, I don't know. It there's still effects so like good. how did you do that? Mm-hmm. Like I, I would say, like, I don't think this film gets brought up enough for effects. Like, I think it's up there with like the thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, like when I'm talking top horror movie effects like this it should might be, in that be conversation up there. it's probably For because gore, it's, it's in, in the end the movie does like his best movies ride this line of 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 scathing satire mm-hmm. and also uh just thrills and both of these are almost there can we yeah. right, uh, can we agree on that maybe like, yeah uh, but i'd never seen this um and uh, which is weird because I've seen Don and Land and yeah. oh and, wow oh weird I I think maybe have you seen Diary uh, oh, no that's <laughs> tough I have not seen Diary yeah. I never even finished the last yeah. one um so I, I'm probably gonna give it seven point five I was gonna go seven point five as I'm well yeah. seven point five as well whoa <laughs> look at us go uh, that should be like something that's not a maniac yeah. but like yeah that's a, that's the first like uh, where we all give the same score I was close to an eight because the effects are so good but yeah. yeah there's something that just like yeah I don't know I don't, there's some rough moments uh, mm. plot wise for me I just don't think I ha- I care about the characters the same way as I do um, uh, yeah. Ken Forey and like Dawn of the Dead or um, 
Who's yeah, the, they're not. Who's Knight of the Dwayne? Um, Dwayne Jones. Yeah, yeah, Dwayne Jones. Like those characters, I love. I don't. Love, yeah, this is like, not Night of the Living you know, Dead or, or mm, Dawn. Yeah. Uh, when it comes down, even though I think, I wish this had the effects uh, that Dawn had the effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. then Dawn of the Dead becomes yeah. unworldly. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, cool. Is that it or anyone? I think that's... No, I got no, one more. One more. Okay. I'm going to go really quick on this one. Okay. From 1998, not oh. 1985. Boo! Buffalo 66. Ooh. Have you guys seen this? That is not Christina Ricci. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Christina Ricci and Penn? Vincent Gallo. Oh, Vincent Gallo. I, the plot always seemed like, like, what, he abducts her? Like, it just seemed... And then she falls for Honestly, these are all the things I tend to hate... Mm-hmm. In in mo- I, I I almost can't explain why this works. Hmm. <laughs> um, he's a completely unlikable character, but also hilarious. She's almost manic pixie dream girl esque, like the hmm. what you know everybody kind of, but not. They're broad characters. Uh, Angelica Houston and Ben Gazzara play his parents, very like heightened. Everything works. Who directed? Is this? Vincent Gallo. Oh, director. Oh, wow. He directs in a way, um, he's got these like setups with how he goes to flashbacks that almost feel like they're being ripped from your own, from his own head. They're incredible how he does them. The way it's shot, there, there's like a Buffalo Bills thing, but they can't say the Buffalo Bills because the NFL was going to sue them. Yeah. So it's always Buffalo or Bills, Bills. <laughs> um, and, and but it's shot like it, it's saturated, like old uh, sports film like, would look like. So it's it's got this great look. It's all shot in Buffalo, on location. It it's in his own house that he grew up in for a lot of it. And oh, he moved out when he was sixteen crazy. and became this huge art star in New York or whatever mm. with uh, all these like very famous artists. It's phenomenal. It, it it it's like the if someone and honestly I think this is why I hadn't in the last few years if somebody read the synopsis I'd be like I do not like any of these tropes I do not like any of the, where this is going and it works Christina Ricci's phenomenal she makes it all work she must have been what like 17, 18 at the 17 time? I think yeah. when this is filmed Kevin Corrigan who plays his buddy who's who's definitely like uh, slower. And and he's so fucking awful to him, but like he plays off it so well. Oh, this movie shouldn't work. It's but it does. It all works. It's eight point five. Wow. Vincent Gallo not making movies might just because he's a giant asshole. You never know. Mm-hmm. But this looks like the most promising director of the nineties. If this is your first fucking full length, you're you are the next uh, anything. Yeah. And it's directed so well. Huh. Out of Buffalo, eh? Yeah, uh, yeah uh, in Buffalo, you might even recognize some little yeah, spots. Yeah, I was say, like, you probably recognize Buffalo, I think Buffalo, Tammy right? even liked it more than me. Oh, and wow. She's going to be pissed because I'm, I'm speaking for her on yeah. this. But uh, I, I know, like, both of us were kind of like, he's awful, but hilarious. And also, like, uh, th- there's a subplot where there's a wide right kick. If if you're a football fan that ruined the Bills. That- oh, like uh, Norwood. Scott yeah. Norwood? Yeah. 
Look Come at Maddie. On. It's Sports Corner. Oh my God. <laughs> I was thinking Ace Ventura. Yeah. Ace is out or that's, something. That's the whole. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's that's was, the yeah. same thing. Um, it kind of gives redemption in the most <laughs> satisfying it, way. <laughs> not even satisfying. He's like now owns a strip club, but he's got Scott Wood. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's actually pretty good. <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, I had a great week of uh, of. Yeah, that sounds like a good, good, good run. Yeah. Shall we uh, get into uh, some plots? Cool. Yeah, let's uh, throw up the trailer for Family Plot from 1976. Find him, and I'll pay you ten thousand dollars. That's Madame Blanche, a medium. Being a master spiritualist myself, I can assure you that Madame Blanche. Is a fake. What do we have to do for the money? Find one man. What's his name? Nobody knows. Where is he? Nobody knows. But let us go on. I see... I see a name strangely familiar. I see a title. The implication is quite grave. Never like them multiple funerals. Cemeteries make my bones rattle. Let us leave these losers and find a winner. Miss Karen Black. If a man my age is going to get kidnapped by a woman, he wants it to be 25. Mr. Bruce Durr. Your husband tried to kill me and you were in on it. Miss Barbara Harris. How can you do this to me, Andrew? And Mr. William Devane, whose charm hides more than it reveals. We'll have to eliminate these two ourselves. I can't. You must. He's after us. Absolutely perfect. Blanche? Blanche. I've grown very fond of that girl. Are you all right, Madame Blanche? Ah! Ah! A phony spiritualist slash con artist and her taxi driver, actor, boyfriend encounter a pair of serial kidnappers while tracking a missing hare in California. Um, yes, we're talking about uh, family plot from 1976, uh, Hitchcock's final film, the Swan Song. Um, of yeah, yeah, it's about this uh, this psychic spiritualist. Uh, she's it opens up uh, kind of a cool opening with like mm. a crystal ball. So I'm already kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm kind I'm of into in. this. And then like I'm I'm a sucker. Yeah, it's for, great. Good title sequence. Mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for like seances and um, if I can say it properly, uh, and, and you know psychics, all this kind of bullshit. I, I will say, I mean, so, some of that stuff goes on a little long in this film. I mean, maybe that's the problem with this mm. whole film. Yeah, it, it definitely moves at it. Like you mentioned, a TV kind of leisurely pace mm. sometimes, they uh, sh- but not at a TV. Uh, timestamp. Yeah, yeah. Like, like everything's at a TV leisurely pace, but it's two hours basically. Yeah, and it, yeah, we'll we'll get into it. I, I do think, like, I think there's some Hitchcock uh, flourishes in there too. For but sure. I, I also feel like at the same time, it is. It doesn't. It seems like his most basic film that I feel like mm-hmm. I, I've seen. Um, Economic, I think, is the right word. Uh, 
yeah, you could say that. Yeah. I, I think in, it, it, it's... <laughs> it okay. almost seems like he's old and I don't want to move the camera. <laughs> I feel like yeah. it's done on a budget is what I'm thinking. I like, don't know. It feels oh, like... Yeah, I, I, like, I think the budget was um, mm-hmm. like uh, less than what he normally would have worked with, mm-hmm. it, like comparative to other movies mm-hmm. that are made at the, at the time. Um, but... Yeah, he he. At one point, they're gonna shoot outside, and, and for the San Francisco, there's this house. There's a, where where the the bad guys live, mm-hmm. and they get there, and the production to, or the second assistant, he's like, "I found this great house or whatever," and he's like, "This corner's cold. You found the coldest <laughs> corner of San Francisco." <laughs> he's just like, "What's his fault? There's some and no, he cool again. He I, won't shoot there. I think he's just an old guy. That's oh, like, that's amazing. At this point in his life, well, I'm going to be so he's bust. Shoot. He's like, nope. You, it is too cold. <laughs> Find something and better. I, I, he would have been what mid seventies at this point. Yeah. yeah, and if you've ever been to San Francisco, there, there, that could actually be true. Too. You yeah. got cold corners. Like if you go street to street. So I was at uh, PNC Park, which is the baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. If you would walk from, we were in the blazing heat, and we're we're in sweatshirts because we're think it's it's yeah. May and it's in this valley and it's everything seems a little bit chilly there so i'm i'm sweating i'm going crazy i go to walk to get a beer on the other side of the park i'm freezing you can have a five degree (laughs) difference in temperature in a park is it just wind it's wind it's how it's located in the valley it's Uh all this fucking insane shit um yeah probably if you're how close you are to water and stuff like so the other side was right on the bay the other side faces into the city Huh. Well, there you go. Five degrees, though, and that's, that's, that's in, in a baseball stadium. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, this, uh, it opens up, and she's uh, pretending that she's contacting this older rich woman's, um, I guess, sister, isn't it? it was, yes. It's her sister that um, maybe she didn't end on a positive note. But she's talking note. to a fella, isn't she? Because well, she's she talks low to voice. this guy named Henry. Harry, Henry. Yeah. And I think that's like some uh, spirit that she contacts to help her contact yes. other people. As the yeah, that's the I spirit got. that connects her yeah. to. Uh, she's a bullshit off. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And she's yeah. So she's pretending she's contacted this woman's sister, and I guess uh, she had um, a son that she gave up, um, and so this hair to make up for the how her and her sister's um, relationship ended, she feels like if she um, finds the the child that she gave up. And she's going to give him all um, her fortune. Her fortune when she passed away, and that's kind of like going to even it up for him. And, and that's the story, and that's what kind of sets the path. And so you have um, it's uh, who, who is it? Uh, it's uh, Bruce Stern and uh, Barbara Harris. Uh, Barbara Harris, and uh, so they set out uh, more. So Bruce Stern sets out to find mm-hmm. this boy, and then that's where the plot kind of goes. And it's great sequence too when they're in the cab. Oh yeah, uh, first when she picks <laughs> him up. There's like we talked about innuendos in yeah. North by Northwest the previous week. They don't even try to hide it <laughs> yes. in this movie. But it, he's talking about he's too tired to too poop to pop. Like, yeah. I'm like wow, what a great <laughs> line. <laughs> But yeah, and the, the, there's a lot of that. Way. I thought it was kind of interesting to see that the female is actually the one that's kind of like more sexually aggressive. Yeah. Like she's trying to, and he's always like, "Ah, oh, I'm tired." But even and there's like great interplay, no like peg. you mentioned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what, yeah, yeah, that's what it felt like. There's some great interplay in the taxi cab, like the way they talk to each other. It's like you know, there's a, a love relationship there, but it's also like 
he's calling her a bitch and like yeah. they're ripping on each other. It's like a, they it's a great scene. Yeah, yeah. I, I I really enjoyed well uh, both of them in this and I, I, the way they played off each other. So that sets up their story that he's going to be looking for this uh, boy who you find out that his the, the 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 parents that adopted him died in this fire. And he disappeared. So did he die in the fire, or did he fake his death? So that's their sort story set mm-hmm. in place. And then you have the side plot. This blonde says nothing. Walks into the police office, and it's very like a, a yeah. Jalo yeah. or a Brian De Palma, all dressed awesome. in black. I just walked black in glasses, kinda, and yeah, she doesn't nothing. talk. Yeah, hands the note to the police, yeah. and that's how she talks. And her their their story is so she that, pulls a gun. And she's like, we're going to cooperate. You need to put that thing away. So she casually just puts it back in her purse. Oh, yeah. Cool yeah. move. Yeah. Um, but it turns out she is working. Um, it, that's uh, Karen. Black. Karen Black. Karen Black, who, I mean, yeah, fucking horror fan. She knows Trilogy of Terror, Burn Offering. Yeah. She's done tons of tons of great stuff. And this is, uh, like, I think they're both her and... It's, uh, is and, it William and, Devane? And Bar- yeah, William Devane. But her and uh, Karen Black and... Uh, are they both in Na- and Barbara Harris are both in Nashville? That the Altman movie. Yeah, and then oh. I think Karen like Black right, was also right in Bruce Dern in something. They were both in um, uh, fuck, Great Gatsby, I think. Oh, okay. okay. So there's, there's a lot. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of these guys, these actors worked. But yeah, so it turns out her and um, William Devane, William Devane are the other two leads. And what they do is they abduct people, hold them hostage. They keep them in this like room locked up. They, That's a cool setup where it's, yeah, it's behind yeah. this brick wall, and yeah. they have like a, a, a passcode. Yeah, and so they they demand um, the um, jewels. No, but what what is it like? Uh, ransom. Ran- yeah, sorry, that's where I'm looking for. They demand the ransom, uh, and they say, you know, it, it's all done, pre-planned. We'll meet you here. You give us the the diamond for the ransom, and then uh, your person will be waiting here for you. So they've done this. It opens up. They do it, and I think they. It's, you get the impression maybe they've done they've it done before. It, yeah. He's done it before too. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it sounds like this is something he's done a bunch. And he kind of ta- coaxed her into it. Yeah, and he's definitely willing to go further. He, if people need to be killed to, you know, yeah. to uh, so they don't get caught, then so be it. Where she's not really for that. As we get into yeah, yeah. It, it further, but it starts off, and she is like cool as a cucumber. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, that Even scene is great. She takes off in like a helicopter. This helicopter uh, pilot who's a cop, and he's trying to like, how do I even know that thing's loaded? Pop! She pops yeah, a hole the- in the window. Like, but- oh, that's so cool. And even where she's giving the directions, like, because she mm-hmm. doesn't talk, so she's just tapping, like, mm-hmm. so whatever it is, northwest or whatever. Um, and and so she she gets him to this it, park. It, it definitely there's that both of those uh, early sequences. Mm-hmm. Feel very Hitchcock, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. We, I guess we, we, the introduction of her is incredible because what happens is that the Harris the street, yeah, they're they're in the car, they stop and they almost run her over. She's crossing, and then then the camera starts following her from behind her, and we're like, "What's going on? Yeah. Why are we following this character?" But it's I thought all that was done, the, really yeah, because well. they've set up. It, we're with Barbara Harris for ten yeah. minutes yeah. plus at this point. Yeah. Like you think this is who you're following, and then it crosses it's a, over. It's a gr- uh, like I love these duo uh, mm-hmm. that you you don't really get to connect until the end of the film. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like that's it. And I, I think I, I don't know how you guys felt. Like I actually really enjoyed both couples and the, and yeah. the way they played off each other. Again, this mm-hmm. is more of a dark comedy. I, I guess. I think. Uh, t- like I think it's based on a book. What's it's based on a book? I called... find Barbara Harris and 
and William Devane more consistent. Uh, sorry, Barbara Harris and and Bruce Dern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More consistent. I feel like uh, Karen Black and uh, whoever William Devane. Yeah, yeah, they're a bit. She doesn't play the heavy so no. well. Yeah, but he, she plays it fine at the yeah. beginning. It falls apart near the end. Yeah, I I agree with that. Like I I think, and you could see it. Mm. it probably if you did screen time, it it it. It should be 50-50, mm-hmm. right? Like, they're they're definitely following two stories. It ends up being more about Barbara Harris and Bruce Dern. Yeah. I feel that's a detriment of this movie because I do feel the tone is not where I need it to be. It's really, like, wonky. I, I, every shift. I, I, it's I, also I, some, like, madcap comedy well, to there's a there's thriller, a there's but. a big chase scene. Yeah. Which is, is a classic scene. Is it a chase scene or is it a downhill scene? <laughs> <laughs> is the question I'm wondering. Yeah. Uh, downhill probably yeah. is. Uh, so they go to this. Barbara Harris and Bruce Dern get this clue. It's great. Uh, like, or, or they're supposed to meet with uh, Ed Lauder, mm-hmm. who I also watched in Real Geniuses the other week. Oh, yeah. He was the the evil. Yeah, he was, he's great in this. The evil guy. He's great in this. Um, so they're supposed to meet him at this hamburger joint. They're there. They're having hamburgers and they beer. Drink fucking a couple Bruce beers. Dern is just <laughs> downing beers. It's awesome. Um, but then you uh, like. And outside, you see Ed Latner's character. He's he's cutting the brake lines or whatever. Classic scene. Yeah. There's there's the priest also. Hitchcock is always fucking with. Cla- yeah, that was cal- actually cal- kind cal- of amazing. Like he the priest brings these kids in, and this one like buxom lady comes, and the priest goes and hangs out with yeah. her. Like mm-hmm. oh. I see what's going on here. Yeah, it goes nowhere, but it's a nice little. It's a, gag. A, a, like a great aside. Yeah. Um, uh, what we, we didn't mention. Sorry. This is like last week, and we fucking blew it because we didn't mention an aside that is the greatest thing in North by Northwest, where Cary Grant jumps through a window in a hospital where he's trying to escape, and oh, this yeah. woman oh, says, stop. stop! Oh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> when he sees, like, this is Hitchcock. Like, Hitchcock loves those little asides, yeah. and that happens in this movie as well. But then they get on the uh, this, this this kind of downhill, whatever you want to say, it turns into three stooges in a weird way. She's like, oh, my. She's like strangling Her him. F- yeah. Feet are in the air. And yeah. I guess it was all um, – that was all him just letting them go because he had storyboarded out. And you could see it, like some of the corners, and mm-hmm. it's kind of tense. But then you've got Barbara Harris's foot in – Dern's face, face and, and she's grabbing his tie and choking him. And, uh, like maybe one of those things is okay, but yeah. like it, it goes on for a while, mm. and 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 I think that's the only, um, well, not the only, and, and that's yeah. all Hitchcock. Like a lot of the comedy, because yeah, this was based on a novel, uh, the Rainbird Pattern, and I believe the novel is actually completely serious and it's mm. a lot darker. And I think it's actually Ernest Lehman, who we talked about last yeah. episode. Oh, yeah. He did North Northwest. Northwest. Yeah, and so he wanted it to be like this more close to the book and darker. And Hitchcock was like, no, this has got to be comedic. Yeah, they, they really had a falling out on this movie where they weren't speaking to each other. They were speaking through through notes eventually. Uh, because Hitchcock, Le- Lehman had a, a relationship with him where he wasn't just like, this guy's a legend. I'm going to tell him if his ideas are bad. And he wouldn't listen. So he said, you know, you're not you're not trying to actually set up set pieces. You're just trying to have, you know, whatever you think is amusing to you today and, yeah. and, and, and it's getting all jumbled. So eventually Layman was kind of like, 
and this was Hitchcock's things with screenwriters in general, but was completely out of... A lot of the stuff that's in the movie was never discussed. Oh, it was just him doing what he felt like that and, day? And, and Hitchcock never usually let actors have too much leeway where he just liked Barbara Harris and Bruce Dern. Let them go nuts. And let them go nuts. And, and that, that kind of car scene yeah. is a, a great example of that. I feel Bruce Dern plays it. Yeah, they're, they're both yeah. great. I enjoy them yeah. both. It didn't fit the movie. Yeah, like you're you're, you're losing the the perpetual motion machine as as mm-hmm. as we discussed on North by Northwest. It's starting to get a bit rusty. Yeah, and it, it gets fucking like there's there's they're throwing the the spikes in the spokes. Mm-hmm. So it, it gets derailed a little bit. I, I still find a lot of these things enjoyable. When when Bruce Dern and, and like they're sitting at a table and they're having hamburgers, <laughs> ketchup, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, he's complaining about like, he's a cab driver still. Like, it's hard to yeah. take any of the suspense stuff serious or be set up like we talked about North by Northwest, which has this great fucking um, uh, ability to be both comedic and suspenseful mm-hmm. at the same time. This is either suspenseful, flip a coin. Or comedic, mm-hmm. and then when they try to do it both, it, it doesn't Not, quite work. Yeah. I, I thought I found the mystery pretty engaging, though. Like when you when you're first trying to figure yeah, out what's going with the, on, with and the two is this person alive, yeah. and where are they, and like all that stuff is interesting. I don't know, um, but yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, I, I like that gag in the car, but you're right; it does ruin, I guess, the thrill. And it goes on for a while, right? Like I, mm-hmm. I, I think a, a normal Hitchcock thing would he would have thought, "Oh, that's a good gag. Let's find the best one, and then and then move on yeah. and keep keep to the actual suspense." Mm-hmm. And and even there was a Bruce Dern like throwaway throwaway line at the end there after after that car car scene. That would have never. It's a funny line, but it would never made the movie uh, any mm-hmm. of his other movies because it didn't make sense. So he's mm-hmm. he's letting his actors dictate what's happening. Uh, it's almost like uh, what happens to Judd Apatow, <laughs> where your movie bloats to, uh, like this movie at an hour and a half. Yeah, is, it is. It would probably zippy. would be zippy, excellent, comedic, funny. It didn't have any more of the plot. Hours, yeah. The guy that wrote it knew it didn't have the plot. Mm-hmm. Like he just he he knew hit like Hitchcock had had taken away a lot of the Hitchcock elements mm. to, to make it happen. That being said, I enjoy. You're this. never bored. No, I never bored. And and I think that's really like William Devane is 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 that sleazy mm-hmm. like if, if his mustache was just a little he'd bit he'd be curling longer, it he'd be curling it and he never loses his cool he has this like a um, stone cold like ruthlessness and he to was him. replaced or he was a replacement for the original actor Roy uh, Thines is that that who I I wasn't oh, familiar yeah, with yeah that's right yeah well he's uh he's uh the nor the norless norless tapes is that, I think uh, the Dan Curtis, he's a uh, Norlis, Norlis in there, but yeah, he's done a couple like TV mm. horror films like that that um, you'd recognize. He, and and he, he's he's still in the movie because there's a scene where they kidnap a bishop. I always said that scene is so out of place. Am uh, I wrong in this? Well, like, it's it's a great Hitchcock sequence yeah. that gets all. It seems like it's 
weird put comedy. In, yeah, like again, like you you get this kind of weird tonal issue yeah. with that. Um, but the the original actor is in that scene because they had filmed that one and it was yeah. so expensive that they only used cutaways to get William Devine in there for certain. Yeah, they reshot a bunch, but not not all the. It was only a, a like a few days of shooting, but yeah. it's one of the. But main and characters. apparently. Devane was his first choice, but he wasn't able to do it, so he hired this guy. And then when Devane which is opened there, up again, he was like, "See you later." There's also uh, other arguments that like that never happened, and Jack Nicholson was they waited out for him, but he yeah. was in one flew over the cook nest, and they were like, "He's going to do this movie." Like he's not, no. yeah, he's not going to come here. And and I think like there's a little bit of delusion with Hitchcock. I think with a lot of things at, at this point. Because yeah. um, it's also rumored that Burt Re- Burt Reynolds and Roy Schneider were up Well, no, Roy Schneider, he just announced when the other actor, what was whatever his name was, it was Dan Curtis movies, yeah. he announced him to the whole crew that this was Roy Schneider and he's <laughs> our lead. Huh. On on that day they had the press there, he, and, he, he said it was Roy Schneider huh. as... So that's the mistake. Roy Schneider has nothing never, to do with this. Nothing to do with the movie. It was, it was just never him supposed like to be being there. a bit like uh, loose in the uh, yeah, brain I, cells. I, I, I read about this mm-hmm. and I was like, I got to check this out. And and it was like, no, it was just like Hitchcock didn't know who was his lead actor because <laughs> wow. he never wanted him. Yeah. yeah. And he told me uh, like to fire him. He was like, ah, you're just too nice. You can't play this. You're, you're too nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I do love uh we were talking about the opening um or sorry when they're first in the car together and there's a great line where they're talking about what what they'll do with the money and he's like Blanche you got any idea what you and I could do with 10 grand and she's like mhm we could get married and he's like ah why you always got to be a wet blanket for <laughs> I love that line I don't yeah I don't know for me this film almost worked more just for the 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 characters and the interplay yeah. between them. I don't, I don't know. That's yeah. why you watch the, the this mystery, movie. Yeah. The mystery for the the first half. Mm-hmm. I do think the, I think there's, there's a decent amount of erection I, jokes. I, I finale, understand yeah. why you would like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Two pooped pop. <laughs> but the, I think the finale, it, it gets uh, a little bit tense there for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it kind of changes tone. A you have, uh, have me buy my crystal balls. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's no, tons of that. Yeah, there's there's tons of that, and I I enjoy all that, and I think I enjoyed it more. And and yeah, I I do think the finale actually plays quite well. Um, but it it it, it did, it, it yeah, a little bloated, right? Um, uh, Hitchcock makes his cameo in there. He's got like a silhouette, kind of like a homage, I guess, to the yeah. I love I love I love his cameo. In, in this one, I didn't when, even clock it. Yeah, he's uh, Bruce Dern is going to some public yeah, office yeah. to get some files, and yep. then Hitchcock is talking to, ah. and it's some famous uh, extra that gets to be the oh, the, the most famous extra, the, the, like someone that just had like everybody knew, and and it was kind of a big moment to get to act with Hitchcock mm. in a, as a silhouette. I don't think they knew they were going to just be a silhouette. Hey. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I have too much else. I guess uh, again, there's a lot of like Al Pacino and Nicholson were apparently well, the possibly <laughs> up for the Bruce Dern um, role. Uh, Liza Minnelli, Goldie Hawn. I, I don't know for for the the Blanche character, though. I guess he always wanted Barbara Harris, anyways. Like he'd been wanting to work with her for a while, so that was kind of like 
solidified, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have. Do you uh, guys want to get into spoilers? Because that's what I want to talk about this movie for. Quite honest with you. Sure. So, do, should we give our yeah, scores? Yeah, uh, do, okay. do scores. Rod, um, I'm between seven and a half and eight. I'm gonna go. Oh, wow. Seven and a half. Yeah, I really like. I I really dug this thing. Mm-hmm. I, I would put this over many other Hitchcock films. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I just had a blast with it. Uh, I'm 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 between six point five and seven. Oh. Yeah, I was gonna go seven. I think I'm going to go seven as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like this more uh, at, as like little bits and pieces. When I started reading about, so I watched this uh, about a week ago. Uh, so it's a little bit further from my memory mm. than I think both of you guys. And when I started reading about it, I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, like there was a bunch of stuff that, oh yeah, I didn't really like that about this movie where... The stuff that worked, I thought, was really great, and and it's mainly Bruce Dern, yeah, and and, and Barbara Harris. But I thought about like, oh yeah, there's that scene in, in the jewelry shop with Karen Black and with Devane, and it all of a sudden has to get sinister, and it doesn't really add up. And there's a mm-hmm. bunch of those things, and it feels lazy, like often with with him, mm-hmm. where he was never lazy. He was so fucking meticulous about the scenes. Maybe not meticulous in terms of like small details which he just thought were stupid camera work yeah was... the camera work doesn't elevate the same way that his great mm-hmm. movies do to me yeah i think i agree it is missing some of that but i yeah to me it felt like a 70s tv film and i totally yeah like that. Uh, like i was watching the opening bits i was like cal's gonna love this <laughs> this is a 70s yeah. tv movie and, and and I think that rode with me for about halfway through, and then halfway through I started thinking, um, maybe I don't, maybe this isn't that good. Maybe mm-hmm. the I good vibes of what's happening, but the end is is quite good. Mm-hmm. I just and I love the 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 whole plot of it. I don't know. I think it's interesting. The, yeah, the it's psychic so- and the the you know the disappearance of this boy and yeah, yeah that's the, the first like. 45 minutes and it just kind of falls apart after yeah, not, a, not fall apart that's not the right word but like you're interested with that gravestone like the uh oh yeah mechanic. that scene is amazing yeah. the the above shot of uh Bruce Dern uh tracking Mo- uh, Mona from yeah. from who's the boss is that Mona yeah wow do you get no. what I'm talking about? Didn't even clock it. So there's that scene where there's the funeral because the, the her her husband is dying. Yeah, I know he's, he's, yeah, he's chasing yeah. him, and he's walking around, yeah. and they're going, and there's that he, great thing. It's Mona from from uh, I'm trying to think of from who's the boss? The Mona. the grandmother. Oh, okay, yeah, I got you. Okay. Uh, huh. And uh, she's like that scene is great. That mm. that's that's the highlight of the middle of the film for mm-hmm. me because that feels like such a hit. Hitchcock thing, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think that that you can see like in that scene, there's a, a little bit of extra care, but it ends on a basic tête-à-tête. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of deflating, like mm-hmm. oh, we're gonna have this huge cat and mouse, and then oh, she's just gonna give you the information. Okay, never mind. Yeah, here it is. Like it, it feels anti-Hitchcock in mm-hmm. a, in a way, um, mm-hmm. but uh, but I love. Like the visual of that. That looks cool. Yeah, I just I like I don't know I, I think I like Karen Black and um, what's his name Devane more than you guys and I kind of like that 
again, n- once we know where it's going, it kind of changes tone, and now it it does become more sinister, and you kind of see that this guy is going to go further than possibly Black is willing to go. I think, I, I think go. he's he's quite good in it. Uh, even th- it just feels like you got you got even four characters like occasionally. I think B- Barbara Harris and and uh, Bruce Dern, when they're not acting in the same scenes, seem like they're in different movies as well. Mm-hmm. Like that's my biggest issue is like you've got a bunch of people that f- Karen Black and William De- Devane in the same scene sometimes feel like they're in different movies. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I think it, I don't know. I like that. I think it's like it does a nice balance. It's like comedic, but it still shows you every once in a while that it, it is. It means business too. Like it's not completely silly, even though it is mostly. Silly. I think that's like that's a Hitchcock <clears throat> uh, trait. I just don't think he achieves it here. Hmm. Like uh, I, I, I feel like you're uh, what Maddie said earlier. Whiplash. Mm-hmm. You get yeah, a, you get whiplash in this movie. A, a, a little yeah, bit. from like one scene to the next, too, right? But I, I don't know. To me, this is like it's entertaining, and I, I think it's it's different. totally entertaining. It's I, different I'm from no, I, every other Hitchcock film. Like I think it kind of stands on its own. Whereas, like again, it's, it's, some of these it, other ones you see, and it's him kind of repeating himself over and over. Whereas this kind of feels like it's its own thing. I think Trouble with Harry is a yes. A, I haven't seen that. That was that was going to be my other which choice. I, I like le- less than this. I think this is a better version of that. Okay, something about Trouble with Harry is a comedy. Yeah, kind of like this, or like more. Comedy. It's about a dead body that appears kind but like of. like a funny dead body or yeah. like we talking like a Yeah, it's funny dead body. Yeah. That one has a better tone. Mm-hmm. It's not executed I yeah. and I haven't seen Trouble with Harry in years. Uh, 15 plus years. So I so, might pick that next time. Mm-hmm. So uh, Yeah, I've been wanting to watch this for years. Uh I'll I'll but that was always one that I I feel like when he goes overt comedy, he can't leave his you know, suspense yeah. behind. It doesn't always work from play up. He only made one overt comedy, Mister and Mrs. Smith, which I think is a underrated screwball. But it's nowhere near what as you, good as the Lehman movie. Lubitsch, uh, <laughs> Lubitsch. I was talking about Doug Lehman, Mister Mrs. Smith. Oh yeah, Mister Mrs. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, I guess... Uh, I didn't think that was a screwball <laughs> comedy. Um, do we want to jump into spoilers? I do, or? yeah. I don't, I don't have too much to say, but... Well, I, I think the... Uh, there's okay, wait, 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 yeah, I, yeah I, I guess if you haven't, uh, you should skip ahead, because I think, you know, you shouldn't spoil this movie. Yeah, I think it's not. kind of fun watching it, seeing where it's all going. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, check the time at the bottom there. Uh, go ahead, Manny. That one ending scene... It's insane, right? Like the last twenty seconds. Yeah, amazing. It's, it's cra- like Is that how he goes out? Yeah, that's crazy to me. So I guess so. The ending scene, uh, basically Bruce Dern and Barbara Harris. Uh, Barbara Harris is is been thwart, abducted. Yeah, uh, abducted. She's put in that room. Well, they somehow she finds the body of the Pope. Is that it's a MacGuffin? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, and and Bruce Dern then comes to the house, sees what's going on. Well, the, 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 sorry, the, the priest thing, it is like a bit of a, a setup. Like you see that she came in and the piece of the red cloak has mm-hmm. been hanging out the whole time. So you know that's going to lead to something. And Terrible sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I hate that sequence in the movie. Uh, like it's it's so lazy for him to like, oh, it's a, there, um, there you go. Now the, that's why she's there. Now we're going to pop open the door because she's got to open the door so you'll know and then we're going to have to kill you. Yeah. Um, yeah, like 
very dislike on that suspense sequence mm. from Hitchcock because I actually love what was happening bef- before that, and then he he totally cheaps yeah. out. Uh, but anyways, they get after it's all said and done. All said and done, Bruce Dern is able to save Barbara Harris, throws uh, William Devane and Karen Black into that secret room. They lock the door. You can tell how much he cared about those characters because he doesn't even get their reactions. Um, And then up the stairs they go, and they're like, oh, I wish I could find... That diamond. That diamond. And she's like, oh, I'm I'm fine. Like this character, which... uh, you know, it's psychic, if you psychic, will. Psychic, and now we're getting psychic abilities. I kind of think it's fun, whatever. <laughs> you could think it's stupid. She gets up on the stairs. She, You can tell she's figuring it out, and she winks directly. Directly at the camera and winks. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Such a weird beat to go on. And but I guess that's he, Hitchcock. That, that, yeah. That is the perfect end for Hitchcock's career. It is, really. He's been winking at the crowd mm-hmm. for for how many years? I uh I love it. You couldn't ask for a better I like, actually like I, I I I was close to tears. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a perfect He almost end. didn't do it. Yeah. Everybody was against him and mm-hmm. I think he had to have known. He like, had to this have probably known. the last one. This is the last one. Like he had the short night percolating but this was really difficult for him. He had to send people out to do shit that he, he probably should have yeah. done out on his own. He declined doing sequences that would have been better because he couldn't go there. Yeah. Uh, so the like the, the even the car chase they were going to do it a certain way, but that that required him to be there. There couldn't do it. He probably knew this is his last. Uh, I, I think he he knew Alma, his wife, who is. I think underrated in terms of of who he is. I I don't. I, she's. I mentioned this the other. She's the quality control. She was the uh, Laurel to her Hardy. I guess she <laughs> understands the movies and doesn't get the credit because of the male female mm-hmm. uh, situation and because she was tied to him. She used to say uh, she said it on this picture. Like she would look at the storyboards and then would, see the dailies or would never watch the dailies. Never watch anything. So then when they started actually getting the cuts in the movie, she she had already kind of imagined what the movie was supposed to be, and if it didn't match up, there was a problem. Oh. I, 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 she was very, very involved in the filmmaking process, and, it, you know, his name is attached. She's clearly yeah. a dominant figure there, but she was the person he always trusted. trusted. In, in in terms of uh, of of his, uh, so I, I imagine that wink at the end was approved by her as well, mm-hmm. because almost no one else, everyone else was don't do oh, it. Maybe we don't do this. Doesn't like, make what, sense for this movie. What does this mean? Like she wasn't an actual psychic. Well, if you watch this movie, none of the fucking shit yeah. makes any sense. So I, I think it's a great way for him to go out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think it, that, is that it for. I think that's it for spoilers. Actually, sorry, I do got one quick thing. Yeah, um, sure. Just to, in the novel, I guess apparently all four characters die. <laughs> right. Um, so I don't. I, I'm curious how that all plays out. Um, I'd be curious to read the book, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's it for spoilers. Is that it for um, family plot? Any final thoughts? No. I'm, I'm really glad I saw it. it. It was definitely not the disaster that I was 
I, mm-hmm. you know, there was a couple movies in the '60s that uh, Topaz and Torn Curtain, especially, which I'm I'm kind of curious to revisit Go back. at some point. Um, you know, Topaz has no lead. That's the big thing there. Huh. It's just like sprawling nothingness. But there were there's a couple sequences in there that have stuck with me. And Torn Curtain is like all about the leads. It's it's Paul Newman and Julie Andrews. Huh. Um, and, and there are some defenders that are, are coming down the last like 10 years that have been like, no, this is as good as the other blockbusters. I, I definitely didn't feel that way. It was after Marnie, which is had a, I had some issues with, and then Torn Curtain and Topaz were like fucking disasters for me. And then Frenzy saved that. I went, well, I'm going to just end here. It's kind of like how you should end The Office after Michael Scott leaves. That's it, yeah. Just... That's the end of the office. You don't need you don't need to watch the uh You know, if if you actually want a good narrative, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Uh the only thing I have for trivia, um budget four point five million, box office thirteen million. I guess there's a discrepancy there. I, I think so I think what we 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 concluded that maybe it made money, but it was considered a disappointment for Hitchcock. It was what did you say, twentieth of the year or something like that? Twenty sixth of the year. Twenty sixth year. So that's yeah. When a Hitchcock film I think is it was not his, even coming in the top ten, that's uh, worst rank movie from the uh, since the Trouble with Harry, yeah, which well, we talked about. Yeah, I, I guess I need to see that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I, this is the end of our Hitchcock. Um, we're gonna put Adam through some more hell. He's had his fun now. Yeah, now we're going back into some work. <laughs> <laughs> Friday the thirteenth. <13th. laughs> Yes, I think the plan is, as of right now, we are going to, we covered the first four Friday 13th, so we'll be back with the next uh, five to eight. The Paramount. Uh, yeah, the finishing off the Paramount series, that's our plan. Uh, anyways, yeah, if you want to share us, maybe what, maybe if there's a Hitchcock film you want us to cover next, uh, no guarantees, but you can definitely recommend. Like, like uh, maybe you're a big fan of Waltz's uh, in Vienna. Or, yeah. or or potentially uh, the Ring or the Max Ooh. Man. I'm not saying the Ring. No, no one. What Hitchcock did the Ring? Yeah, he maybe did, maybe I, one of these British films. It's like an underdog that you know. I, I I've heard Murder is yeah. maybe the one, but no one. I've I've never seen a like proponent of. Oh yeah, Walt's Vienna. It's an underrated. You gotta Hitchcock. check this out. <laughs> uh, like even under Capricorn, which I watched, I guess two years ago, and and that was the last one. Of the forties that I hadn't seen. What is sprawling career? We're talking about the forties. We're talking about the fifties, the sixties, and the seventies. Like thirties, insane. Like that's Uh, there's great. Like if you get sabotage, secret agent, those are decent movies in the in the in the thirties. Then you get great movies like The Lady Vanishes, The Thirty Nine Steps. um, You know, and and all the way up, like Kyle would have. Family plot in, in yeah, this is well, you know, uh, like frenzy, like mid tier, yeah, for me. right, like it, 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 it's a sprawling career, and he's still doing cool shit up until like the day he died. Like, I, I, I he never stopped thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, I think that was the 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 thing. Yeah, with he never him. rested on laurels. Like it, it, he still had meetings at his office mm. all the time. He was working on new projects, had various projects on on the go. He was trying to make the short night, and and one of the hardest things, I guess, uh, of. Uh, Basically, his whole life was telling. He couldn't. It, he couldn't tell the head of the studio. So he told somebody else, a producer, that you got to tell the head of the studio, "I'm done." That's it. I 
I can't make another movie. And that was the hardest thing he had to do. And he, it was so hard, he couldn't tell the head of the studio. And, and I think that was only maybe a year after this movie. And he, you know, he, he dies in 1980, so this is, this is you know, fairly close. Oh, that's to, crazy. Alma, Alma is very sick at this point, and I think that after she dies, there's no more movies. So also probably tells you how much Alma was important to his career. Wow. Jesus, Adam's going to make me cry here. Yeah, so honestly. This has been our Hitchcock series. Uh, yeah, volume two coming in. Like we said, we'll probably... We do the plan is to probably do one of these every year, so we there's still mm. a lot more to cover. Uh, and the, these we're, we're we're eight of fifty three. Yeah. yeah. So and if you got any suggestions for like what we should do for our next four, uh, maybe uh, yeah. email us at uh, moviecitymanics at gmail dot com. And uh, yeah, sorry, I was just going to add that this is also kind of the the series that we usually all agree on. We came away with two maniacs. Uh, oh yeah. This, uh, so that's pretty Two big. Two maniacs and, and uh, out of four. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. another close one. No. Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, get a hold of us at uh, Facebook, uh, Movie City Maniacs. We have like page, group page. And uh, we're on Instagram at Movie City Maniacs. I wish I could wink into this microphone right now. <laughs> <laughs> Stay scared, everybody. Right.